You're listening to Endgame with Kyla Brettel and Rob Law, a podcast about our hearts and minds on climate change. I'm sitting on a hard plastic seat in the front row at the local town hall in Castlemaine with about 200 others on a Thursday night in 2019. It's been billed as a climate emergency information session. Wow, this is so great. Welcome. 20 minutes earlier, I dashed out of the house, kissed my man hello and goodbye on the doorstep, leaving the kids washed and brushed, big-eyed and fluffy like our chicks, watching me through the window as I flew into the night. I'm worried for them and how they'll get on as climate change intensifies. I've been reading about ecological and social collapse on a global scale, but I want to get a better sense of how it might play out locally. I've never been to a community meeting before. I've moved house many times and avoid group activities when I can. So I'm feeling a bit like driftwood, out of place in this landlocked small town in central Victoria, on the lands of the Jajawarong. Sheep and cattle that came over here within four years 
the Murnong Daisy or the Yan Daisy was gone. You know, as I remember two weeks ago doing a talk at the high school there and, and we went for a walk out the back of the high school. We found patches of ten um, Yan Daisies here, five over there, six or seven over there. Um, so that, that was really exciting, you know. We, we thought that the Yan Daisy was virtually extinct, but here it is. You know, um, growing again 150 odd years later in the middle of some old diggings. Um, so, you know, how wonderful would it be to see that happen again? Um, as more and more people are becoming aware, you know, Aboriginal people didn't just wander around um, nomadically with nothing much to do but hunt and gather. They, they had strict protocols on things they could do and not do and things they could, place they could go and not go. One place you could not go was into a neighbouring group's area without first being invited and participating in the Tandarum ceremony or as we call it now, the Welcome to Country ceremony or the early settlers even called it the Freedom of the Bush ceremony. They give the early settlers and explorers the ability to roam around the bush of that clan's area without being hassled by the local Aboriginal people. Um, so just uh, um, tonight, on behalf of my elders and ancestors in the Aboriginal community, I'd like to say, well, meet your car, we're name, we're on bed, we're on Jajawarambalu, welcome to my homeland, home of the Jajawaram people, so cheers. I'm in awe of Uncle Rick's knowledge and connection to this country, how he belongs to this place and how this place belongs to him. Waking up to climate change has also opened my eyes to the sudsy walls of the bubble I've been living within, how little I really know about where I live and the people I live alongside. In the crowd tonight I recognise lots of faces I've never spoken to, people I've seen waiting for their kids outside school or at the supermarket. I'm sure I've even seen the man walking onto the stage right now. Thank you. And thank you to Uncle Rick for the Welcome to Country. Later I look him up. His name's Warwick Smith and he's an economist, ecologist, writer and policy analyst. I um, would like to acknowledge tens of thousands of years of uh, Indigenous custodianship of this land. Uh, and I think... We all need to keep that in mind in how we think about the future. I've been asked tonight to speak about whether or not this is a climate emergency. It's an important and difficult question, I think, because our day-to-day -day experience here in Castlemaine and in most of the rest of Australia is not of a climate crisis. It was a beautiful day out there today, a little cool, but not unseasonally so. The shops are full of great produce. You can go for a walk through this town or through this region and not really see any signs that anything are wrong. However, if that walk took you up behind Kalimna Park, up here, behind the golf course, you'd see that most of the stringy bark trees are either dead or dying. Recent climate predictions suggest that 50 degree maximum heatwave days are possible in the next couple of decades in Melbourne. So 
a day like Black Saturday, instead of being 46 or 47 here, could be 50 or higher. Four degrees might not seem like much, but for living things, the difference between mid-40s and 50 is profound. Many of our street tree species are untested at 50 degrees, and there are a lot of experts who believe that a heat wave of 50 degrees would kill many of them. The death of street trees would, in turn, increase the temperature of the town because vegetation has a cooling effect, not to mention how the town would look and feel without them. If we continue on as we are now, we will, globally, have emitted enough greenhouse gases to exceed one and a half degrees by 2030. This gives us 10 years to completely change how human beings are in the world including our emissions, but more than that, our relationship to the natural world as custodians instead of as exploiters. Ten years is a very short space of time for such a task and requires very rapid and profound action. If we wait another five years, or even the three years it will take to vote out the current federal government, it will be too late. We need to start acting now both to prevent the worst effects of climate change and to be ready for the impacts we know are coming, no matter what we do. A final few words from me as an economist. If the street trees die and or the bush around here dies, people will stop moving here. Some people will leave. The moment there are more people leaving this town than there are coming here, real estate prices will crash. Stores will struggle and some of them will close. Those left behind will be financially stranded in a town where you can't sell houses. If we fail to act, this scenario is almost guaranteed at some point in this century. Even us, in our privileged, opulent position, could be profoundly personally affected by climate change within the next few decades. Spare a thought then, for the countless millions throughout the world who are less privileged than us, more vulnerable, less able to adapt or move or turn on an air conditioner. Is this an emergency? It may not be like a bushfire, but it threatens lives and livelihoods and requires an urgent shift from normal day-to-day behaviour. It seems that emergency is not a bad word to me. Thank you. There are other speeches on the night, but as I drive home it's Warwick Smith's image of falling house prices and dying trees on the streets and hills surrounding Castlemaine that lingers. Then I remember Uncle Rick's story of the yam daisy, getting trampled, laying so low everyone thought it was extinct, and then found in some forgotten mine at the back of Maryborough High School. When I get home I check in on the kids and then pour myself a glass of wine. I sit in the garden under the moonlight. The night feels alive around me. My man and I have talked about moving to some place that might be slightly less impacted by climate change. He's from New Zealand, so that's a possibility. You know, it's lovely and green over there. But I don't know. Maybe this piece of driftwood has landed. 
This is the place I chose to have my kids and maybe this is where I'm staying. I'm not particularly patriotic. There's a fair bit I'm embarrassed by under the helm of the Morrison government. I've even been proud to get called un-Australian in the way it gets bandied around here. But the thought of leaving when my homeland stares down the barrel of such a trial is different. I feel like I owe this land of my birth. I have unfinished business here. I'm not yet ready to leave. for listening to this sound work co-produced for the Endgame story site by myself, Kyla Brettel and Rob Law to find out more about this show project or to listen to more go to our website endgamepodcast.net